So just a couple of announcements. Today is the last day of the underwear collection for students at Burke Elementary. During Lent, we will be collecting money for mobility worldwide. There are 40 days of remembering the rock so that others may roll. There will be a collection container in the North X or out on the porch. We will continue to collect those funds until Resurrection Sunday when we celebrate the rock that was rolled away to set our Lord free. If you haven't signed up for the text alerts from us, please check your email from Josie Valdez on January the 28th on how to do that. And of course, please continue to make reservations for indoor worship with the office by noon on Wednesdays. Of course, if you prefer to sit outside or sit in your vehicle and listen to the radio, you don't have to do anything. Now, shall we welcome the light of Christ? scripture reading today comes from Mark chapter 1 verses 9 through 15. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beast, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The word of God for the people of God. Let's join together in an attitude of prayer. Loving God, we give you thanks for another beautiful day that you have made just for us. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for the beauty and the peacefulness of the recent snow and the life-giving water that it brought. Lord, you've blessed us in so many ways, and we thank you in particular for those people who shared their food with the hungry, their water with the thirsty, 
and the warmth of their homes with those they didn't even know, basically sharing your love. Father, we know that you are always with us and watching our steps, guiding us in the way that leads to good and to life. May all our words and actions bring glory to you and show your love to those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. It is good to see all of you here on this beautiful morning. And it is a beautiful morning, right? Make no mistake. When I got up this morning, my thermometer said 5-0. And I thought, well, that's, I said, well, that's pretty good. You know, that's, that's pretty good. I didn't even have to leave the heat on last night, right? Which is quite a change, right? Quite a change. So my first rainbow, as always, is the rainbow it is to see all of you here on this beautiful Sunday morning, the first Sunday of Lent. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we, we praise you. We love you. We thank you that you're always with us. We thank you that you're always watching over us. We thank you for all that you bless us with. Lord, we lift up those this morning who still may not have clean water. We lift up those around the state and around the country who may not have power this morning. Again, our inconveniences this week remind us of how truly blessed we are and of the blessings that we usually take for granted. Remind us not to take any of our blessings for granted. Lord, I lift up those anywhere who are in areas of war or violence. I lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world that they would seek and do your will that we could live in peace and prosperity. For we can if we would but listen to you and follow your instruction. Lord, I lift up all of those who have recently lost loved ones. I lift up those who need healing of any type in their minds, their bodies, or their souls. Lord, guide us with your Holy Spirit Open our ears and our understanding this morning as your word is proclaimed. Let us all be better disciples of your son who taught us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, as we've said a couple of times in the announcements, and then I said it before at the beginning of Rainbows and Rattlesnakes, this is the first Sunday of Lent.
Lent began, of course, on Wednesday, which was Ash Wednesday, but due to the weather situation, we are we're beginning our celebration of Lent, I guess we should say, today. Lent is an old English word that really means springtime. And Lent is the 40 days preceding the resurrection uh, or the celebration of the resurrection of our Savior, starting on Ash Wednesday and ending, of course, on Resurrection Sunday and not counting the Sundays in between. So that's how they come up with the 40 days. And I will also mention again, many traditions, including our own, from time to time, think about giving up something for Lent. And I would like for us to think about, you know, not so much giving up things like goose liver and and things like that, but think about giving up things like resentments, anger, hatred. Think about giving up things like that. And then also to remember your blessings, to remember your blessings. Again, as the announcement was made, it had been my intention to kick off the, I'll call it a 40-day campaign for mobility worldwide on Ash Wednesday. So we're doing it today. So I want to encourage all of you to count your many, many blessings and give to of whatever you think is appropriate. Maybe you want to set aside, as, as some people do, as some people give up something for Lent for 40 days, maybe you want to come up with a monetary amount for 40 days that each day you want to uh, contribute to Mobility Worldwide. Whatever it is, I encourage you to, to give. And we will be, as Susan announced, collecting for that until... Resurrection Sunday. And it truly is. It's a, it's a project. M- most of you that have been worshiping here for any length of time know we strongly support, but the reason we do is because it really is such a good, good ministry. Some of you perhaps, and some of you maybe not, but some of you perhaps got a taste of what it was like to have your mobility curtailed a little bit this week. It's a good thing to give the gift of mobility to people who don't have it. So, you might think that the story of the end of the flood is kind of an odd way to start Lent. But I'd ask you to think again. It really is a a very apropos way to start Lent as I hope you will see as I finish up here in a a few minutes. Our reading does come from the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, the ninth chapter, and we are starting out right after the flood. Consider the word of the Lord. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you. And with every living creature that is with you, 
the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood. And never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is a sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I've set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who desires that none should perish, God that desires water to be used for life-giving purposes, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. So how did we get here? How did we get to Genesis chapter 9 where God is making a covenant with Noah and all living creatures? I want you to remember that the next time you want to kick your dog, all right? that God has a covenant with that dog, right? So be careful. Be careful what you're doing. Just like God has a covenant with all of us, God has a covenant with every living creature. A lot of times folks forget that. we got to roll back a little bit to figure out how we got here, okay? And I want us to remember this morning that God blesses us, God commands us, and God makes covenant with us. After the flood is actually very reminiscent of the creation in the first chapter of Genesis. If you look at it, there are, there are many, many similarities. For one, the first creation, it said God hovered over the face of the deep, over the waters, over the chaos and started creating out of that. And what did God do? God blessed us. God blessed creation. God blessed 
humanity that God created with what? Light, day, night, the sun, the moon, and the stars, fish, birds, all sorts of animals, dry land, and the seas. All of these were blessings that God gave us. And God pronounced them good. Moreover, when God created humanity, God pronounced that very good. Very good, right? In addition to those blessings, what are some other blessings God gave us? God gave us each other. God gave us family. You know, and all those things that God said was good, then we, we get on down a ways, and it says what? It is not good that man should be alone. And that's still not good. We are, we are made, my God, to be in community, to be in family. And God said what? The first commandment there is be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Not only did God give us all the blessings of the creation around us and the blessing of family, God gave us the blessing of work and a purpose, right? God, God said to the man he created, your job is to till the earth and to take care of it to be a steward of the earth. You've got work. You've got a purpose. And I don't know about y'all, but I tell you, there are a few things that get to me worse than uh, thinking I don't have anything to do and not having a purpose. That's a great, great blessing. Not only did God give us that, God gave us free will and responsibility. Wow. What blessings that God has given us. But the first ones we see there again primarily come in the beauty in the nature around us. As in the, as in the song we sang this morning, right? In the bud there is a flower. In the seed, an apple tree. We're blessed and God is the source of those blessings. Then God commands us. God tells us to do certain things. Now, the commandments of God are also a blessing. They're a gift. The commandments of God are a gift that, if obeyed, lead to abundant life. It's just that simple. It's, it, it, it really is. It's just that simple. When we obey God's commands... The result is abundant life. Moreover, as we know now, the ultimate result is not only abundant life, but eternal life. And since we're just, we're, since we're just right now really working on getting to the time right after the flood, and, and we're working up to that, what did God command us to do? Not much, really. Be fruitful and multiply. Take care of the earth. And what? 
not eat the fruit of one stinking tree, right? All the others you could eat, that was fine. There's just one you need to stay away from. And we know what happened. We know what happened, and we know the result. But saying that the commands of God lead to life, and since we're in this part of the Scripture, Noah obeyed God. God said to Noah, what? Build an ark and fill it up with animals, right? Three decks, you know? And I'm asking, for, I'm asking for a room on the upper deck, personally, in a boat full of animals. I don't want to be on the bottom deck, and I really don't know who would. But anyway, but Noah obeyed the commands of God, and again, it led to what? Life. It led to life. A little something interesting about the Bible here, too, if you want to think about it, when we think about where we got the Bible and when it was actually written down and everything else, and this is, this is, one, of those, uh, this is one of those things that's akin to all the, the myths that surround Christmas time or the, the misunderstandings. You know, if you ask most people, they'll say, well, how many animals of each kind did Noah take into the ark? And they'll tell you two, right? But that's not right. That's not right. And you, and you can read it there. You can read it there. And I encourage all of you to read chapters 6 through 9 of later on today or this week because there's a lot that you hope I don't get to this morning. Noah took two, and two is really one, one pair, one pair of all the unclean animals. But he took seven, which is really 14, of all of the clean animals. Because a pair is one. But since there weren't any clean or unclean animals in Noah's time, as, as far as, there were, of course, clean and unclean animals, but as far as Hebrew understanding was, then it tells us that this was written later. It was written later. Something there. So the commands of God are a gift that leads to life, right? In our doubt, there is believing in our life, eternity. Then we come to the covenant. I said God blesses us, God commands us, God covenants with us. God says, I'm never going to flood the earth again. I'm never going to flood the earth again. This really isn't a covenant in the way that we normally think of covenants. This is a one-sided promise. Normally, when we talk about covenant, we talk about a relationship. In the Bible, if you go through there and you look at the covenants, typically it's between a greater and a lesser. And clearly, God is greater than we are. 
but it's, it's more akin to the covenant that you see God making with Abraham in Genesis chapter 17, or with the Hebrews in Exodus chapter 31, where God says, if you do this, I'll do this. It's more like an agreement like that. But look at this covenant. It's just a promise. God is limiting God's self. God is not requiring anything of my dog or dogs or the rest of creation or us as human beings. God just says, I'm going to do this. God is being sacrificial in limiting God's freedom to do things. Did you ever look at it that way? A lot of people get hung up on the fact that, well, if God's a loving God, why did God flood the earth in the first place? Wow. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Because, because God was grieved. God was grieved. God didn't flood the earth out of anger or retaliation, retribution, anything like that. The world was flooded because of God's grief for humanity. You see, look at that. God had blessed us tremendously, given us a perfect world to live in. And then, due to our disobedience, everything becomes disharmonious and out of sync. And sin continues to pollute all of God's creation. Hence, the recreation of the world after the flood. God was grieved. Think of the flood as God crying. God's crying over the lost potential of humanity that God has blessed us with. But before God decides to flood everything and everyone, he remembers Noah. This is another one of those biblical trivia questions. You know, a lot of people say, well, Jesus was the only perfect person. But the Bible says Noah was perfect and Job was perfect, as well as Jesus. Something for you all to think about. But it tells us something else about Noah God decided to save Noah from the flood and gave him the instructions on how to build the ark. It said that Noah walked with God. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, I believe, it says Noah walked with God. And friends, there's the deal. There's the deal all along. When God created us, all God wanted was for us to walk with him. That was it. That was really it. Constraints placed upon us were hardly anything. God just wanted us to walk with him. And that's what Noah did. So we get to the point here. The world is in a mess because of the sin that people have have done. You know, when sin takes off, it has a progression. 
first thing you see is the relationship between Adam and Eve got disharmonious, didn't it? God said, who told you you were naked? Did you eat of some of that fruit of that tree? And what does Adam do? He's, he, he, he tries to blame God. He says, the woman that you gave me gave me some of that fruit. And then the disharmony is between mankind and the animals. Eve says, it was that slippery snake that made me eat it. Sin progresses to the point in chapter 4 where we see brother killing brother. And that violence goes throughout the world. It says that the whole world was full of violence. Friends, God doesn't like violence. And it's incumbent upon us as followers of Jesus to work against violence whenever we see it breaking out and to restrain ourselves that we aren't violent. So the flood's over. God says to Noah, be fruitful and multiply. Between chapter 8, verse 17 or 18, somewhere around there, and the end of, of what we read today, God tells Noah again to be fruitful and multiply three times. Again, God is about life. It's a, God is about life, an abundant life for all of us. And it also, talking about recreation, it says again there, after the flood, that we are created in God's image. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. The waters of the flood washed the earth clean, in a manner of speaking. But the waters of the flood didn't wash sin out of human hearts. That's something it didn't do. It couldn't do. So on this first Sunday of Lent, we remember a God, our God, who sacrifices on behalf of us. And we remember Jesus, who on the night before he was crucified, said, this is my blood of the new covenant. But consider how that new covenant is also like the covenant that God made. Jesus sacrificed of himself, asking nothing from us to demonstrate God's great love for us and to remind us that God's covenant with us and all of creation is everlasting. It is everlasting. So, to all generations, regardless of what they do, God made a promise. And we see that promise continuing to be fulfilled in Jesus. In our death, there's resurrection. At the last, a victory. Amen. Now go in peace. And as you go, remember 
you have an everlasting covenant with the creator of the universe. And as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen.